0: Welcome, everyone. You are tuning in to Project Bridge podcast. Um, this is uh, Ron Del Sid, lead outreach worker for Project Bridge. This is um, today's topic. We are discussing uh, uh, something called uh, breaking cycles. This is our seventh episode. So I want to introduce um, two of our guests today. Um, we have miss Barcelli here.
1: What's up guys?
0: And then we also have uh, miss Catherine.
1: Hi everyone thank you for having me here
0: so today um I just want to you know do a quick intro um, breaking cycles right um, and uh, let our guest and um, this topic and this whole dialogue begin um, I want to Hand it over to Bricelli. All
2: right. Thank you, Ron. Um, so, hey, welcome back, everybody, to another episode. Um, today, like Ron mentioned, we are going to be talking about breaking cycles. We do have a guest here today, and her name um, is Catherine. She's one of my friends um, and one, like, one of the, um, the women that I really look up to, and I thought that she would be perfect for a talk about this. So I just want to go ahead and pass it to her and let her kind of give
1: her background and introduce herself. Thank you, Rizeli, for that invitation again. Um, So yes, my name is Catherine. I uh, was raised in South Central Los Angeles, and I'm a mother of three uh, little boys. So um, just to tie it up to like my educational background, I want to set a little bit of context as to like how I've been a parenting student and related back to like the topic of breaking cycles, just to set a little bit of context. Um, so, I, as I mentioned, I was raised in South Central. I, I navigated a lot of, you know, drugs, violence, gangs, all of that. Even like preteen, and so uh, I ended up pregnant when I was 15. Had my first son, and it, it was that sort of transformation, physical transformation, that I had that made me question what I could do to sort of change my circumstance of being in the streets and sort of breaking the cycle for my for my son, right? Because I was having a son and I was pregnant and I was still in the streets and I was trying to break away from drugs and all of that, right? So education for me became a tool to sort of change that uh, materially, right? As a survival mechanism, because I started hearing that edu- financial aid and all of this. And I was like, well, I need to make ends meet, right? and so uh, that's kind of how I ended up. I, I graduated high school, and then I-, I went to UCLA for my undergrad, where I majored in Chicano-Chicano studies, and then there is where I was first exposed to research. I didn't really know what research was about, but I was exposed, and I, I asked my TAs. They were more approachable, so I asked my TAs what it was, what I could do. Right? Given given my background, I didn't, re- I didn't really know what I was doing in higher education, and so from that, I, I got inter- interested in graduate school. I thought that examining a lot of the injustices that I experienced would help me uh, be more proactive in my community to do something about it. And so that's how I ended up at UCR um, doing my PhD in sociology and sort of expanding the scope of, of what violence means for mothers, specifically for the reason of trying to break cycles, cycles of violence, cycles of injustices. That, that was my focus as, as someone raising children. I, I saw that Really, knowledge as being so infinite not in academia, but acknowledging in our own culture in our own familia their own communities, I saw that what we brought is so rich, and it, it it can really offer a lot to to really break a lot of the cycles of harm that that we 're exposed to so just a little bit of context of who I am and where I come from and why I do what i what I do
2: yeah, thank you, um, Catherine. Um, with that, I know that you mentioned some things that, you know, you consider as like breaking cycles and then, you know, breaking cycles, I think is something that is different for everybody. And then, so I kind of wanted to ask, um, Ron as well, but you think of when you heard, when you hear breaking cycles, right? So like in five or less words, like what do you automatically think of when you hear breaking cycles?
0: Automatically just hearing it, you know, it's kind of like, um, stopping what you call the norm in my head you know people uh, growing up I think people thought of me what they thought what their normal was right and I think it was based off of uh, looks or where I lived or or, you know um, socioeconomic right I wasn't we didn't have a lot of money so um, for me um, it's kind of breaking away from that right or even proving to them or proving that um, I wasn't what they thought I was
2: yeah i think um for me when i hear the term breaking cycles i kind of automatically think about my my immediate family just because i feel like i'm a very family-oriented person and automatically like growing up we we get to learn a lot about the way our parents parent the way that um you know we are our relationships with our siblings and all of that stuff so but we're also able to see you know the good and the bad in in those relationships and sometimes to no fault necessarily of, of, of anyone, but sometimes we get, we experience some negative, um, some negative things that, you know, like for me, I feel like there was a lot of, uh, like I, I had a lot of, I carried a lot of childhood trauma because of a lot of things that I experienced on my everyday, like living with my family. And so to me, when I think of breaking cycles, I think of, you know, I'm not a mother, but I hope to be a mother one day. And, like, to me, it's like, okay, how can I change all the experiences that were negative in my family? And how can I make that? How can I break that, right? Um, So that it doesn't repeat anymore because, you know, it's just like creating a more positive, a more healthy cycle. So that's kind of what I think about. So, yeah, this is, you know, for the community listening, for the youth listening, um, this is also a question for you guys, right? So, just thinking, to yourself, what does breaking cycles, you know, make you think of, Um, and again, there's no right or wrong answer, because it is different for everybody, Um, and a lot of it is overlapping as well, but with that being said, um, I do want to go ahead and, you know, go into some of the questions that we wanted to ask our guest, Catherine, so I'm going to go ahead and get started with that. The first question is, how would you explain generational trauma to youth? And what is one negative cycle that
1: you personally are working towards breaking in your own life? Uh, cool. Thank you for that question. Um, I think it's a very important question. And I think when I think about generational trauma or when I, I think I want to explain it, for me, it's an exposure or experience of trauma, of harm that follows generation after generation, subconsciously and consciously. And what I mean by that is that sometimes we consciously know that there's trauma, right? Like Riseli was mentioning right now. There's some things in family, in our units of our family that happen that you know that you want to break. You know that you don't want to follow that particular route, right? There's also good things that you want to take with you. Um, Subconsciously can be things that we are not aware of, even that we carry, right? That we carry particular traumas in our own body. So to break it down, um, just like, you know, uh, in, in generation, when I think about like my great grandparents- they were they had stolen lo- land right that's something that my family sort of it, it was normalized and for me it's like that's intergenerational trauma right like they were stole their, their lands were stolen and you know materially they were left with nothing and so that's kind of a subconscious trauma that i i think about when i think about my grandparents um i think about poverty that they went through i think about you know the the trauma that my mom that my grandmother went through when her children were in federal prison in Mexico, right, decades of, of time in prison and in some of the most um, toxic places to be in in, in Mexico. And so uh, then I think about my mom, mom's right, migrating to the United States and my father, who escaped the civil war from from Central America, like these very real traumas that they went through. It's something that uh, is talked about, but not talked about as trauma in my family. But I see it as such, because if you're escaping such violence and then you, you start raising children here, it's, it's hard not to pass on what you carry in the body and what you see and what you were exposed to, right? And then I think about my, my own, right? Like my own traumas of, of physical abuse, child abuse, a lot of that, that I carry with me. Um, and then my children. Right? What are, what are they exposed to? What have they been exposed to in terms of state violence? Um, Their father incarcerated, right? It's, it's these continuous cycles that I see that, um, that generational trauma is passed down. And for me, like, I'm at a point where lately, especially like quarantine has me really thinking about how I'm like done with the trauma. I want to really like interrupt it, right? I think about it. And how do we interrupt it when it's so embedded in, in our, for, for me and my family, it's been so present and at the same time so normalized and so i'm in a place where i really want to interrupt that for my kids because they're so aware of it right like i have direct conversations with them about you know their father and the harm he's going through right you know my my brother and the harm he's going through being locked up in a rehabilitation center and so my my kids ask questions about what that means and and how can they what can they do to help and how it hurts them right but I think it takes those direct questions of addressing it to really get to the root of well, what can I do so that, you know, you won't fall into the cycles that we have fallen in generation over generation.
2: Yeah. I really like how, how you kind of went through that, right? How you started from all the way to your, you know, before your grandparents and grandparents and that structure. Cause I think that really breaks it down and kind of showing how it's a cycle, right? How, um, it's being carried on right through generations like you said and then one thing too i wanted to point out that you're sharing that i completely like agree with is that sometimes when we talk about um trauma we just talk about like individual trauma and trauma that we get from like our family members and people but like you mentioned like state violence right so sometimes we don't acknowledge or or see like these systems as causing us trauma when in reality they are, right? So I think that's just something that I wanted to point out that I really uh, liked about your, your response is, is that, that focus on how there can be systems in, in our society, in our communities that also are traumatic to us. It's not just necessarily um, people around us or family or yourself, right? So I just kind of, I really appreciated that.
1: Yeah, I think that um, definitely even when I, when I I give the example of like my family, right, my immediate family, but then really like all the traumas that we've been through have been in relation to the violence that the state has perpetuated, right, like incarceration, uh, the prison industrial complex, globally, not just uh, in the United States, but in Mexico, Central America, U.S. policies that impacted, right, like it's just, I see when I put it all together, it's overwhelming, but but it's true, like right? Like you said, it's, it's, it's not interpersonal or individual cases. It's like, this is one family, right? It's, it's caused by a lot of these state of practices and policies that have impacted, you know, people of color for, for a long time and, and breaking it down really helps me see how I'm not tripping, you know, like it's, it's happening and it's, it's caused by, by, by structures. It's not individual failures. It's, it's really these structures that are that are really causing it.
2: Yeah, so um I did want to move on to the next question. Um, and that's as a teen mother, um and you know, mother of three boys, uh, what are some ways or some things that you do with them to ensure that you're breaking these toxic cycles that you kind of mentioned and you've experienced?
1: Yeah, I, I think that's uh, a good question because um it's it's a question that i like ask myself and try to practice differently every day like it's it changes right i'm also learning as a mom as i go but for me a main thing has been to be to develop like a like anti anti-violence approach to parenting that's one of my main ones really wanting to instill that through practice right talk things out more with my kids so that you know those that kind of harm doesn't pass down to them But then again, it's like really hard when you're embedded in a society where violence is kind of sometimes the norm Um, when responding, right? Like they're kids and they want to wrestle all the time and they're boys. And I I don't want to stop them from that. Like having been able to express emotions physically, right? Because I also box with them and stuff and all that. But there's a difference, right? And and a a few days ago I was washing dishes and my five-year-old was, I heard him tell my youngest, my three-year-old, you know, my mom says that uh, violence is not the answer. I always tell them that, like, don't respond with violence. Like, I just continuously re- tell them because the little ones are more like that, hands-on, you know, and, and they just like to, like, run around and box around. And For me, when you get angry, I tell them, you don't respond with that. Um, that's an immediate thing of 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 breaking like patriarchy right like how do we stop stop that that norm and so i begin it with myself and how i discipline discipline them um and another one is how they treat each other so that they can go on and not you know develop those same cycles uh with other people so that's um something that i that i think about when i think about like new parenting styles really taking an anti-violence approach uh developing ways that we can talk things out, address things out, uh transforming what uh really, you know, discipline means because it's often very punitive and that for me connects even larger systems that are very punitive and, and for me it starts in the home. So that's one of the ways that I try to do um approach my parenting.
0: It kind of um reminds me, because I have an older sibling and um growing up my parents were always uh at work right and um my older brother older by three years he's basically took care of us you know we were home or not home wherever we went he was the one i followed he taught me everything you know now being older um you know he has kids i'm married now and you know we try to share like things but moving on to the future right and a lot of the stuff comes up from the past and, um, we talk to each other about it, you know, and it's kind of tough, you know, cause we, we grew up a certain way and we talked to each other about it. And then we have to kind of like check each other, like, Hey, you know what? Like, we don't have to do things that way. Like, you know, like we never had, um, family dinners for growing up, you know? And now, you know, now that you have kids, like, you know, I want to be, I want to be there, you know? Um, I want to be involved, you know, I want to be the uncle that, that, that we never had, you know, I want to be. You know, cause all my family got stuck in uh, Guatemala. You know, so we didn't have, we didn't know our grandparents. We didn't know anyone. So, you know, um, a lot of it is, uh, I guess, you know, hearing you guys talk um, is, you know, breaking breaking the cycle, right? It's, it's like, you know, we we get to choose what worked, what didn't work. You know, and and kind of move forward. You know.
2: Yeah, I agree. Um, I think for me, one of the the things that like I kind of think about too is like these very broken relationships that like my parents have with their parents and then their parents have with their parents, right? And so growing up, I think that I had a very broken relationship with both of my parents. And it's until recently where I started to just kind of be like having those questions and like thinking about like, you know what, like I don't even have relationships with my grandparents because my parents don't have relationships with my grandparents. So that impacts me um and that impacts me in ways where i wasn't even given the opportunity to choose whether i want to have a relationship with with people right and family members so i think for me i'm just like well how do i how do i do that because i know that it's something that's like you know for example like my father right has very a broken relationship with his father and then it kind of keeps going back to that and then i feel like um my brothers have you know broken relationships with their father so it's kind of like how do you heal that and then also I think something to take into account too is like i used to be very mad about that but then also realizing that you know not to justify it but sometimes our parents don't know how to love because they weren't given love so by breaking the cycle you literally instill love and affection and emotion and kind of bring that in even then even though in the beginning your parents or whoever your family might see that as like uncomfortable and weird right because in my family personally like words of affirmation emotion hugging the words I love you all of that throughout my childhood very 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 rare and that's now into my my adulthood like very recently and I'm the youngest of four so it was pretty late on that we started to do that right and it took like the incarceration of my brother and it took like the mental health of my oldest brother and it took a lot of like hurt and like damage to get us to start using those words but needless to say like it's happening and now we're more affectionate with with each other and that's that's already to me like a big win that's a big victory in terms of breaking that that cycle where we couldn't even you know express emotion you know but for our last question um i did want to go ahead and ask Catherine what does healing look like so we talked about you know generational trauma and these toxic cycles so kind of saying like how would healing look like and what would you advise youth about ways to heal so kind of like cuz i think that when we say like healing it's kind of like very you know very broad and a lot of the youth probably don't understand well how how do you do that what does that look like so i know like as a mother of the boys i know how you talk about like instilling these little things right um in them so i don't know if you have like kind of ideas of how
1: that looks like, you know? Yeah, thank you, and I think that overlaps with a lot of the things for sure that we talked about, like when you mentioned mental health, and you know, how to develop affectionate ways of loving emotions, right? I, I've i been learning throughout the years um, with my oldest, and then now my little ones, in developing ways like, um, you know, meditation practices, and sometimes that can be a very westernized idea of what what does meditation look like, but um you know my my grandma used to pray every night um and for her for her that was a form of meditation right and so I try to do that um because I think that given that a lot of us especially you know low-income families of color on survival mode we don't take a moment to pause and think about you know like we're breathing like we're alive like yeah we're struggling and being exposed to so much harm and violence but like can we take a moment to think about How we're breathing and like we're here with each other physically and that, like you said right now, it's such a big thing. I try to always tell my oldest son like it's such a big win to just be here because think about you know all these other people that are not and try to do that right. Uh, We I also think about healing the body. Like I said earlier, we carry a lot of that trauma in our body and so any type of physical exercise and movement, I think is important. It's it's helped me. It's helped a lot of people that I know. um, Just Develop that, uh, you know, internal connection with your body because we, 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 you know, our families, um, you know, my at least my family and a lot of the people that I know are suffering from a lot of different health conditions. So that's also another way to like, how do we heal our body and take care of it uh, as a relationship, right? Um, so that we don't have to, you know, continue suffering from these different health conditions. And then for the mind, I think about, you know, writing, music, uh, poetry. Anything that drives you—it can be art. My oldest is into drawing, and so he—I he, think he like developed his own. You know, like he distract, he funnels that into drawing. For me, like I write, and so I, I take out like a lot of my angers in writing. I know people that rap, and they take it out through their, uh Speaking, you know, healing. Like you said, it's such—it's a term that's, that's thrown out, and it's hard to like develop these specific strategies, but these are some that come to mind, like, you know, it's, it's just to develop uh, an emotional strength. I think we need to develop strength in the body, mind, and spirit, like, together.
0: Yeah, um, I like how you brought everything up. And um, one thing that stuck with me, um, if I can chime in, I'm sorry, um, is, uh, like, how art for myself has been, like, my way of healing, you know. it And, and it's crazy because at one point, or many points of my life you know the way I did it right I did a lot of like graffiti you know I did a lot of illegal graffiti and and you know it was portrayed very uh very negative you know and and in a way too I wasn't um doing it for like a cause I wasn't doing it to bring awareness for for breast cancer or anything like that you know it was uh it was more for a different motive but um you know eventually I think um over time I learned to develop it and now I, I, the, it brings me joy to, to, to create art to, that people enjoy and, and I'm, and it might be, I guess you could say healing for them, but it's also healing for me too. So as I'm learning this, I'm, um what I'm trying to say is um I think the the drive you talked about, right? So I'll say if uh, someone really enjoys, I mean, I think we all enjoy helping people, you know, um, maybe it's in our nature, you know, Uh, maybe it's just different capacities or ways, but, you know, for me, it's the art, maybe someone I enjoys, um, I don't know, maybe someone wants to become a doctor or a nurse or something like that, you know, I think, I think we all can very, uh, through impacting other people, um, can heal that way too.
2: Yeah, and I think that it is important to, to, to highlight how when you heal yourself, or when you work towards healing yourself, you automatically are, like, helping others heal, and, and, And in turn, when you help the people around you heal and they begin to heal, then like, it just, it's like a ripple effect and like the community begins to heal. And, you know, I think that it it is also easier said than done, right? Healing is not easy. And it's things that are very, like we said, very traumatic um, and things that we kind of like, like, like was talked about, like normalized in our everyday life. So even like, even trying to understand like what we're healing from sometimes, right? It's kind of difficult. But, yeah, the practices and, like, all these different strategies, I think that naming them and, like, even things that we have been doing and we didn't even realize can be, like, methods of healing, right? So, um, it's, I, I like how your guys' is just, like, things that, you know, make you feel basically alive, you know, like, things that make you kind of distract yourself and that make you happy, right? But yeah, like for me, it's, you know, you guys talked about a little bit of what it is for you. Like for me, it's reading books. Like I I like reading books and and journaling. So to me, that distracts me because I feel like in a book, you're in a completely different, you know, like realm, even though it still makes you think about, you know, like reality and the world and stuff. Like I still feel like it's very something that makes me feel better. With that being said, um, I'm also before we kind of come to an end with the podcast and the episode, um, I did want to give a shout out to like all the moms who are out there. I know Mother's Day was just yesterday, but really just kind of honoring our mothers, our grandmothers, literally for giving us like the gift of life and just so many other things, right? And um, yeah, just wanting to say that and honoring, taking a moment to, to honor our mothers but yeah, if anybody else has any like last minute thing that they wanted to say, kind of before
1: we wrap up. Yeah, I, I'm really grateful I, I got to join in this conversation today. I think that like you said, healing is not is not an easy process, especially when you're in the middle of survival, right? Survival of oneself, your family, trying to heal yourself, your family, and then also, you know, work that wants to help others, justice oriented, whatever type of work you want to do it's a difficult in between place to be in but um just know that you know there's a a collective of of mothers and people um all over that that are are here trying to like develop ways to break these cycles and so anytime anyone feels alone in that we're all in it together and it, it's not easy but you know collectively we can we can make the the possibility of breaking these cycles become you know
2: yeah, com- yeah, I completely agree. So thank you everyone for tuning in today. Um, we are going to be also coming on here next week. So again, per usual, we post our podcast um, every Tuesday at noon. So just stay tuned for the next episode. Um, I hope everybody is doing well right now because I know we're still in this pandemic. I hope everybody is kind of, you know, being okay and that your families are okay one thing I do want to say right now is just to to lean on you know your loved ones right now and lean on each other to kind of get through these times right now So yeah with that being said we'll talk to you guys later see you guys next week.